Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. On this beautiful Arizona morning, you could be waking up at the Cottonwood Hotel. It's on the southwest corner of Canal and Main Street. Small historic inn with only eight units. The only hotel in Cottonwood with a balcony overlooking Old Town. Opened for business in 1917, and nine years later, two gentlemen who operated under multiple alias but were born Willard Forrest and Paul Huffman spent the last night of their free life there. The following morning, they walked past Sheriff Jim Roberts and entered the Bank of Arizona in downtown Clarkdale, just five miles away, disguised as Salvation Army employees. Roberts was there to protect the payroll as it was a Friday and was extra security. On the inside of the bank, Willard and Paul pulled their pistols on the unsuspecting tellers. The two took off with more than $50,000, roughly three-quarters of a million in today's dollar. They may have gotten away, but they made one mistake. And what was that? The bank manager, David Saunders, they were going to lock into the vault, and he talked them out of that. So when they turned around and left, Mr. Saunders took out his pistols and ran to chase him. And the gunshots he started firing alerted Sheriff Roberts, who calmly pulled out his pistol and shot Willard as he got behind the driver's seat of the getaway car. His companion, Mr. Hoffman, took after Sheriff but was tackled by two civilians on the street who held him there till Huffman calmly walked over, slapped iron on him, and took him away. The Wild West. And it's not quite so wild anymore. If you were staying at the Cottonwood Hotel, you could walk down to five wine and spirit tastings, 13 cafes, nine antique shops, six galleries, three boutique shops, uh, historic historic tours, nature trails, the Verde River, live performances at Old Town Center of the Arts, and in just five short weeks, you have the Old Town Bootleggers Bash, which is Saturday from 10 to 5, free music showcasing local bands, hooch, brews, wines, restaurants, and merch. What's the date on that one? 9-21, September 21st. Just one of the... Treasures of Cottonwood, which is this month's featured staycation every month. We have a Cindo Lucky Winner on a Arizona staycation, and we feature that destination all month long with trivia facts and a little bit of history, just bringing a little bit of Arizona to you. Wherever you are, you can sign up for your Arizona staycation by visiting rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz. But the rest of the programming this hour is for all of those of you who have ever said to yourself, I should have been a cowboy. I need to talk to you first, Grandpa. It's very serious. Ah, this should be good. I'm going to be a cowboy. I don't have a horse, so can you buy me one? I'll feed it every day. I'll brush it every day. I'll bathe it every day. I'll even learn how to braid so I can braid it. I'll ride it to school. I'll ride it every morning. I will even clean out his poop. I'm going to help you train the horse, okay? His whole life's in your hands now, Tate. Name them. Lucky. That's a good name. They'll do good for you. Thank you. So, if you've ever asked yourself that question, that's where it all starts. You got to start with your horse. And to help us pick that first horse, we've got Rocco Walkman from the Cowboy College in with us this morning, and a native from New York, Manhattan. At some point, you asked yourself, 
said to yourself, I should have been a cowboy and you moved out west. Tell us your story. You know, Horace Greeley said, go west, young man. And I've been doing that ever since I'm about 28 years old. Just went west, more west, and hit the ocean, and I said, that's too far. (laughs) And I came back a little bit, and I came to Arizona, I think, in 1989. And you are one of the lead instructors at the Arizona Cowboy College? I'm a senior instructor at the Arizona Cowboy College. It was started years ago in the early 90s by a dear friend of mine named Lloyd Bridwell, who's now grazing in greener pastures. And so when you're picking your first horse, when you're instructing your students, what are you telling them to look for? You know, the, the most important thing is to get a horse that's at your level because um, you can pretty much take a horse anywhere you want it to go. But if it's too much horse, it's just not good for you. If you're better than the horse, you could bring it along. If the horse is better than you and he's really not really kind or forgiving, you can get in a lot of trouble. Um, getting people, somebody gets scared, it hurts everything because it makes a big black mark. How does the horse know how good you are within 10 seconds of you getting in the saddle? Horses could tell as soon as you get on if you know what you're doing and you know if you're not. I have a horse, his name is Jimmy, and he's been trained by some of the great trainers in Scottsdale. And if you step on him and you, you sit on him like a passenger, He'll take advantage right from the first stride. (laughs) If you step on him and he feels your legs and the way you pick the reins up, he's like, okay, I got to work for 40 minutes right off the bat. It's, it's the horses are great. Um, they take in information very, very well. They get from a quarter of a mile. They have to decide if they're going to run from you or not. No canine teeth, no claws. They're prey animals. So they're really good at reading people. So as the person, when you step on, how do you know if you're the passenger or the rider? I think you're supposed to decide that before you get on, right? Well, that's the problem. People, you know, everybody's, I'm an expert rider. And all of a sudden you hear, whoa. And those two words shouldn't be right next to each other. Um, it's a tough thing. It's dangerous. You know, I, the most lucrative thing I do is expert witness testimony. And it's, it's a single dangerous, most dangerous recreational activity a person can do. I mean, the amount of accidents that happen, the amount of accidents that happen, more than 50% of the accidents happen while you're on the ground, uh, and then the rest are while you're on top of them. It's not a matter of if you're going to get hurt, it's going to be when and how bad. Is it a bite? Is it a step on? Or or you really get mauled? Um, it's, a, it's a tough industry. I wish it were safer. Well, when you're, what, what was your experience when you first got on a horse? What was the first time you sat in the saddle? I was three and a half years old. I got run away with. Yeah, <laughs> I remember screaming, and it just yeah, it was just horrible. And in, back in those days, I was tied to the saddle, so I had oh to gosh. stay on the same leather. This guy with a cigarette strapped me in, and he tie, I was just petrified. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. How long did it take you to get back on after that? Like about ten years. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, and when I when I came to Arizona, I just I was blessed to meet a family that's iconic in Scottsdale, the, the Bridwell family. Um, Horse related, and through Lloyd Bridwell and Lori Bridwell, I met some of the best horsemen in the Southwest that for some reason took me under their wing, and I just went from place to place, and they were just shared a lot of information that it would took lifetimes. I mean, from here, I actually worked at Molokai Ranch in Hawaii. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, being horseback with cattle is amazing. And at the Cowboy College, what, from 
the beginning of the class. Let's say I've never ridden before. I've never seen. Uh, I've never, never picked a horse's hoof. I've mm-hmm. never saddled a horse. I've never brushed one off. From day one to first in the saddle, how how long a time till uh, I'm I'm horseback? The first day at the college, and it is my standard. I'll talk to people and show people things with horses for over two hours before I give them a halter. And even if it's a lesson, that's my standard. Your first time. You're not even going to get on a horse until I talk to you about all the possibilities. You know, signing a release form that you don't read, in my opinion, is not responsible. Okay? But when I tell you... What do you mean you don't read? (laughs) I watch them do it. (laughs) Our our release form at the bottom... (laughs) At the bottom of our release form, which I don't use, it actually says... Uh, I have read, and you're supposed to print that, and nobody does it because they don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 incredible, um, but it's good. The fear flight animal, no canine teeth, no claws. The only way to protect themselves is to stay in a large group, turn 180 degrees, and run. Slowest guy gets eaten. So out of this group, it's me. So. <laughs> and how many students will you take on in in a session? Mm. No more than six. Okay. When Lloyd was alive, we would do ten. 12, maybe. It is so we've had VC people, money, they want to come in, build a 50 room bunkhouse and do the. No, we'd kill people. And it was my job for six days is to get people immersed in this. And two days at the ranch in Scottsdale, and then we're going to be at a ranch somewhere in the state of Arizona, normally north of Cave Creek. They are in it with me, right next to me. You know, if a bull turns around and charges us, if, you know, if, if, if we're on the ground and the, and the calf gets loose and knocks one of these people over. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's like, it's cowboy immersion program. <laughs> and how long is the program? <clears throat> I guess it could probably be as long as you <sighs> wanted. I mean, you never really stop learning on horseback. No, we got, it's a five-day class. Like I said, it's the Cowboy Immersion Program. We got two days in Scottsdale where we have to get the people riding well enough where they can keep up with me on the ranch. We go to the ranch, have no idea. They do what I need to do. It could be fixed fence. It could be work on water lines. It could be gathering cows, branding, castrating, any or all of the above. Um, and it, it, because it's real work, they enjoy it. You know, I could send a wrangler out and give them $50 and say, I want 20 cows over by Seven Springs on Tuesday, and we pick them up and we just move them. <clears throat> we don't do that. We just, they do real work. And for, for that, they are so appreciated. I have classes that never even seen a cow. Do you have women too? 2,000 people since 1994, just about 50%. Oh, great. On the men, it's 35 to 52 Fortune 500 types. and the women, it's 18 to 30 um, basically women looking for a sabbatical. Huh. Interesting. And how far out are you booked? If I wanted to start Cowboy College, when's the next available class to start? You know, we're, we're shut down. We used to do it nine months, no, 11 months, 11 months of the year. And we shut down July and August because it was just too hot. You know, we're finished work at noon, and then what do you do for the rest of the day? So we're back up in September. We try and do the bookings We'll leave a hole or two each month because we know we're going to fill it. We try and stretch people out as far as they know they can go. So this way, in case we do have a short notice one, we can throw them in. Okay, very yeah. good. You go to cowboycollege.com for all the details and get started if you wanted to sign up and spend a little time learning. I mean, even if you did nothing else past it that one week, you're going to have a memory 
for the rest of your life that you can It's share. the experience of a lifetime. People think when they come, it's about the horses and the cows. And when they leave, they realize it was about themselves. It's my job to find out. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. True or false for a set of passes to Arizona State Parks? The cottonwood trees can grow six feet a year and are in the same genus as an aspen. If you think that's true, text TRUE to 411923. If you think that's false, text FALSE to 411923. We'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment and send you two tickets to Arizona State Parks. Good to any of the 35 state parks, including Fort Verde that's near Cottonwood and or if you're more interested in astronomy, they they have star parties that they host at Arizona State Parks. You just go to azstateparks.com slash star and find a star party for a little night out under the stars and an education in astronomy. But right now, we're talking cowboys, and you can't talk cowboys without talking the toughest name on the big screen, Marion Mitchell Morrison. You know, trail driving is no Sunday school picnic. Got to figure you're dealing with the dumbest, orneriest critter on God's green earth. Cow's nothing but a lot of trouble tied up in a leather bag. Horse ain't much better. Got me a little green broke filly over there. Name's Crazy Alice. Now, if one of you was to stay aboard her for, say, a count of ten, I might just keep that in mind come hiring time. I'm a man and you're boys. Nothing but cowboys, just like the word says. And I'm going to remind you of it every single minute of every day and night. And you have a little history on where that name came from, Mr. Rocco. Well, you know, back back in the days, uh, after the Civil War, there were a lot of young men just walking all over this country. The place was totally, where, where they lived didn't exist anymore, and where they were going wasn't built yet. So they were in a transitory place. And a lot of ranchers used to use young men. And there was a guy named Cimarron, used six all boys, and when they came in after uh, gather, roundup, when they came to town, uh, somebody said, here comes Cimarron's Cowboys. And then somebody, a reporter, put it in the paper, and then all of a sudden it stuck. It's the second time the, the word was used. It was used in colonial days, and it was a derogatory term for people who work with livestock. Um, if you ever want to know useless information, just www.cowboycollege.com. <laughs> and today the word is iconic for American bravery and, and the American West. Yeah, you know, there's the, we just had the National Day of the Cowboy. I don't know if you know about that. Bethany Braley started a push 20 years ago to get every state to sign a, a whatever they call it, and have 12 states right now have a, a celebration of the National Day of the Cowboy. It's the third Saturday in July. Oh. And they're trying to get it. I missed that one. Yep. Uh, there was Navajo Coat Talkers was this week. Yep. Yes, yes, I yes. I that one, but I missed the National Day of the Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Third the, go Saturday. to nationaldayofthecowboy.com, and it's all the information about it. And uh, it's a great uh, – George Bush signed the first, whatever they call it, into – Decree. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it. Thank you. The voice from behind. <laughs> Those um, New York Times crossword puzzles come in handy. <laughs> And uh, it's a beautiful thing, you know, whereas the cowboys pioneered, you know, went out west, settled the west, whereas just all this list of things, role models, movies, you know, worldwide, what it did to promote America for the whole world, what it did, you know, if you go to Scottsdale, Ganey Ranch, Chauncey Ranch, 
uh, I mean, all those ranches. McCormick Ranch. McCormick well, Ranch, D.C. Ranch. They were all cattle operations. And that's the way it went. People went out west. They brought horses and cows. They did it until people came behind and they sold the land. There's no money in the horse and the cow business. There is not. <laughs> How come? But if you're lucky enough <laughs> to stay in it long enough, you can sell the land. <laughs> There's yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, tell me how big an industry Never it is. Never invest and... in anything that <laughs> eats and poops. <laughs> oh, we've always said that horses eat money and uh-huh. yeah, evacuate. We always, say that, we always say the cheapest part of a horse is when you buy it. <laughs> Everything else that comes after is <laughs> My saddle pricey. costs more than any horse yeah. I've ever bought. Wow. The way to make a small fortune in horses is to start with a large fortune. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt la- lost half the family fortune in his cow operation. Uh, his mother and wife died within two hours of each other on the same day. And he went west for a sabbatical. And in that cow operation that he had, he lost half the family fortune. Well, it's worth every minute on a horse. I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's a quality of life. It's not a financial investment. That's right. Don't, don't you know, they say if you, if you love what you do for a living, you never work a day. And it's an old played out cliche. But I live, I literally, you know, a buddy of mine will send me an email or leave me, how you doing? And the, the quote is, living the dream. If you tell somebody you're living the dream, they know exactly what you're talking about. So you said your saddle costs more than any of your horses ever. (laughs) What's the most you've ever spent on a horse? Me? Personally, for me. Yes, sir. I hope the IRS isn't listening. (laughs) Okay, well, we don't have to cover finance. No, no, I I did $4,200, the best horse I've ever had. But he wasn't broke. He leveled a bunch of people. and yeah. But for his, his athleticism, he was worth the trouble. Most very talented people, Van Gogh, uh, you know, were a little eccentric, and I find that with horses. If you get a really special horse, they're just a bit odd. Like us. That explains <laughs> Peanut a bit odd. That explains your horse for sure, babe. And <clears throat> the funniest thing with horses, <clears throat> let's say you want to own one. And you start with one. How fast do you see people you turn around and within the year they've got five? They multiply. <laughs> I, I can't tell you. When we watch the Prada del Sol the parade, which we still bring horses down for friends, there has to be 100 people that we've started riding. And they bought horses and ranches and live in Cave Creek, Rio Verde. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, It's a fever. It's a fever. And like you said, well, I'm out of time, but we'll... We continue our cowboy conversation here at Rosie on the House with Rocco from CowboyCollege.com. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the House. One of the local Verde Valley wines you can sample from a winery, Caduceus, named after an ancient symbol for commerce. Started by an Ohio man. There's Ohio again. Find its way back into the broadcast for a fourth or fifth <laughs> Just so we can get in trouble. consecutive week. We apologize for everything bad we ever said. Sorry. Born James <laughs> Herbert Keenan, who's from Italian winemaking ancestry, although his path to winemaking was not direct. According to online articles and Wikipedia, wrestled at Mason uh, County Central in Michigan, attended Kendall College of Art and Design in Grand Rapids, served in the Army, studied at West Point, jiu-jitsu trained, He's been a B-roll uh, character in films, TV shows, and documentary. Multi-instrumental playing guitar, bass, keyboard, drums. 
His biography is titled A Perfect Union of Contrary Things. He's best known by his stage name, Maynard James Keenan, and a singer of a heavy metal band called Tool. Before he was naming wines after his mother, like Niagara del Judith, he was singing songs dreaming about L.A. being taken out by a tidal wave. I think a fantasy a lot of native Arizonas have shared. (laughs) And now a local winemaker in Arizona. But back to our cowboy topic for the day. You can't talk cowboy without talking rodeo. There's a bucket horse fraternity at the fairground. Stay on for eight, pull a check. You fall off them when they're running straight. You stick to them when they break in two. Maybe that's your talent, Jimmy. What's next? We get you in a buck and shoot. It's like a mechanical bull or something that I could try first. Just <laughs> mechanical bulls are for drunk chicks at the county fair. Mash your heels in. Kids are natural. That's eight. That was incredible. Yeah. We finally found something you can do well, Jimmy. <laughs> You'll be up to your neck and buckle bunnies in no time. Wait, what's a buckle bunny? If you're permanently incapacitated, you have the option of ordering medical staff to not resuscitate should you go into cardiac arrest. Sign it, Jimmy. You don't want to be strapped to a bed for the next 40 years. You get put on your ass out there. When you're able, get up and get out of the arena. These people didn't pay to watch you lay in the dirt. Pray like hell and hold on. I look at that cowboy in the shoe gate there and give him a nod. Hey, you just won, cowboy. And all your time on a horse, did you ever look at one of the cows you were herding and said, I should get on that? No, not me. No, no. Uh, We've all done it. I I got on a bull once years ago. And, uh, you know, they say if you want to practice to ride bulls, start riding bareback horses and put 50 pennies in your mouth. And when you've lost all your sense, then it goes on a bull. No, thank you. No, thank you. A lot of great. uh, The forward, uh, the guy who wrote the forward for my book, uh, Gary LaFue, is in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Uh, So I know a lot of bull riders and uh, I have family that are in the bull business that that bring livestock to all different events. So So, it's a great part of rodeo. So you just like opening layers here. You're, You're an author, too, in your book, you said? Oh, yeah. Actually, HarperCollins, uh, I had a book published in 2010 called Cowboy, The Ultimate Guide to Living Like a Great American Icon. And it's my take on the American cowboy. I've always thought because of John Wayne and John Ford, as much as I love them, people got the wrong impression about what we do. Cows, the way you make money is you put them on a scale. The heavier they are, the more money you get, the bigger the check. If you chase them and they sweat and they lose (laughs) water at eight pounds a gallon, if you upset them and you, you get them back to the headquarters and they're off on their feed and water, then you put them in a trailer and they're going to lose 10% weight in the travel anyway. You gotta, we got to try and bring them in heavier than when we found them. It makes much more interesting TV, though, when you chase them. You know? Yeah, I've never shot a gun or chased a cow. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Have you, in, yeah. in all your college classes of introducing the public to being a cowboy north of Cave Creek on the ranch, have you ever come across Curly? Uh, yeah, yeah, and his ghost. Yeah, uh, this, you know, superstition wilderness. If you ever want to yeah, come oh, yeah. close to stuff like that, go to the superstitions. There's some strange goings on. I, I used to go every year for vacation up to Revis Ranch. Yeah, okay. And uh, there was always something. We take a ten day vacation, 
and just between you know the hair on the back of your neck standing up and I didn't want to go there, but yeah, it's uh, you'd say I'm crazy. And Arizona's the roping capital of the world. You guys yeah, do any I, team I, roping? I or? think eight five two six two is the number one, or eight five three three one is the number one heaviest concentration of ropers in the United States Team Roping Association. Quickly followed, and if they haven't been surpassed by Wickenburg, yes, it, it's uh, and that's if you want to ruin your life. Cocaine would do a, a wor- not a good job. I, I know so many, I can't tell you, a handful, maybe two handfuls of guys that started roping. Next thing you know, they're single. Uh, they haven't seen their kids, and, and they live in their truck because yeah, it, it's, it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk a, a minute about, um, Rocco, you were just sharing how, how you bring these people together. I was Because uh, what I asked Romy is, what about people who already know how to ride? Do you ever have those? And he said, I don't like to get them. <laughs> So, so your philosophy on how you get these people together and what you end up with at the end. You know, when people come to the college, they think it's about the horses and cows. But I know when we start what it's going to be about. And it, it's, a, it's a transformation. Um, to do something you've never done before or you really haven't done, you know, horseback riding, cows, to do it with a group of people you never met before. These people come on Sunday night, Monday morning. Purposefully, there's one shower, one sink, and they have to start working like a team. And then the third thing is that every day they're scared to death. And that makes a memory that stays with them forever. Um, My job is to make sure everybody has the same experience, no matter how well they ride, no matter how scared. You're afraid of heights. You don't want to drop off this cliff. You don't want to go fast. That's my job to do that. So when they're at the end of the day, they're pounding their chest. They're amped up. It's like like cowboy cocaine. They just get a (laughs) kick out of it. I tell my kids when they're riding, if someone comes up to you and involuntarily starts telling you how to ride, just you, you, you can block that out. I, if I, they come up and say, I have a, an observation I'd like to share, mm-hmm. or I think I have something that you might want to think about. But when they come up and start telling you indefinitely, here's what you need to do, I say, just, just tune it out because nine times out of ten, that's going to screw you up. At the college, not only do we do the college, we do a lot of riding lessons, all different disciplines, Western, English. And so that came up a few days ago. Somebody shouted into the arena while my boss, Laurie, is giving a lesson what the person should do with their hands. So later on, not to embarrass anybody, I told the student, I said, when somebody offers you information and you're on your horse and they're sitting outside the arena, stop, get off your horse, hand them the reins and say, show me. Because somebody who knows what they're doing wouldn't blurt that out. The reason they're blurting that out is they want to show everybody else how much they don't know. <laughs> and that's the usual case. Don't take advice from anybody who's sitting down watching you ride. Take advice from a person who's going to get in, get on your horse, and show you how to do it very quickly. And that's one of the things that makes our business so dangerous. The horses really aren't trained as well as they used to. A lot of the trainers aren't qualified to teach people. You know, You're talking about in, as an industry. As an industry, yeah, yeah. What makes it so dangerous is that a lot of people out there are trying to teach people with, with the wrong, not enough knowledge. And on horses, pe- we used to go to war on horses. There were a million horses at least killed in World War One. Well, and from what I've read, it was eight million. Half the world's horse population. I'm trying was to wiped be nice. Yeah, one. yeah. One million is what they say publicly. The, um, the United States government sent five thousand horses a week from the Brooklyn Navy Yards to London, and they went to Europe. People used to 
you know, the standard for a broke horse 100 years ago was much higher than it was today. Well, and Genghis Khan, he was so successful because he discovered the gated horse. Uh, so his mounted soldiers were so much more effective with their weapon on horseback than somebody that was loping or trotting. Well, look at you. You can sit over here. You know more about horses than I do. Yeah, and it's... Now, if you have a horse, I have a horse that I can take a 50 caliber belt fed machine gun, put it over his back, again, with the ear stuff, and just sit there and go, bum, 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 and he won't even pick his head up. That was the standard for a horse 100 years ago. Now, if you have a horse that passes by a plastic bag Dang. that's across the street, <laughs> Pat Pirelli, level four. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a ludicrous. They used him for school. They use them for work. There's an old saying that the reason church is on Sunday is it took six hard days of work before you could put a buggy on the back end of a horse. <laughs> so they used to get used. Now they come out of a stall three times a week for 45 minutes and they're dead broke. Ah, nay, nay, I say. Well, uh, and I always talk about there's no such thing as a bomb-proof horse. No, no. There's really? two kind of horses. One okay. that's going to already buck or one that's going to. End of the story. <laughs> Dogs bite, cats scratch, horses buck. End of story. Like you said, it's part of the defense. They are a prey animal. No, no canine teeth, no claws. That's our only defense. Run. And I've been on ones that have run. It's not fun. <laughs> well, you we, just hold on tight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's why you know people say, well, I don't want to learn how to lope. No, you have to. Well, I don't want to. I'm never going to lope. You don't know that. <laughs> and if it happens, you better have tried it on your own. I yeah. mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's a defensive thing. You have to know. You know, all the things that could come and be ready you're, for You're them. five feet in the air. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, and then the things you do to save yourself, if you do get scared, you squeeze harder to stay on. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means go. You lean forward. forward. What does that mean? Go faster. And then <laughs> you throw a scream in there. And, you know, the, and the party's on. And they say, my horse ran away with me. No, he did everything you asked him to do. <laughs> That's so to, good. You know how much... Hood spot it takes when a horse spooks to take your legs off and pitch the reins forward, and that horse is going to go, oh, okay, we're not scared. Very few people can do that. Well, it's like you were talking about earlier. They're so intuitive. Yeah. They, they feel the fear. Right. They feel you're tense. You, you telegraph that. In mm -hmm. other words, I've shown people if, you know, on a horse, this is what somebody relaxed is. And a horse can feel a fly in its back. Mm -hmm. So if your legs are an eighth of an inch closer on each side, they feel that. And that's what I mean when they get on you. Are you relaxed? Are you sitting where you should be? Are you sitting on your seat bones, not on your pockets? There's so much to learn. We have the word cowboy. South of the border, Mexicans had two words. Vaccaro, which was cowman. And then they had another word was called caballero. So that was a cowboy who knew the finer points of riding, equitation knowing to, to when you're posting a trot, you should be on the outside leg of the horse to understand your leads left and right. I know third, fourth generation ranchers and never even thought about that. They ride so well. But we've always been, because of the boss, Laurie, we've always been concerned with the finer points of equitation with everything else we do. Well, and you, you must do a good job because you told me often you run into people who've gone to your camp in your college, and they've gotten their own horses and, and gone on to kind of live the dream. Yeah, you know, right? we changed the world six six people at a time. Um, it's a slow process, and if I live long enough, yeah, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> <clears throat> so how do you keep your horses from you – know, they're very smart, and I tell people that are fighting with their computer at work, I'm like, it's, your computer's just like a horse. 
It's going to treat you as dumb as it thinks you are, and it's going to test you every day. And I applied to work at Camp Geronimo, and I applied two places, the 22 range and the horse stalls. And I picked the rifle range over the horse stall because those horses knew that path they were going you you couldn't tell them to do anything they would just go on their little trail ride and come back i mean they were perfectly trained to take this inexperienced rider go on this little loop and come back and it was so boring to me that i didn't i opted out of the the wrangler side of things how do you keep your horses from just being so patterned and trained and not falling into that that routine every the standard for a broke horse and a rider is that you have to be able to Walk, trot, canter on the correct lead, back up, and open the gate, and then go out by yourself on the trail. If it doesn't do that, your horse isn't broke. There's something wrong with it. So we always change it up. All the horses we have that might go on a trail ride go to the ranch. All the horses that we have that ride western, we jump them English. All English horses go western. You have to change. You ever see the barrel horses that don't want to go in the arena? <laughs> All I'm the time. like, take them on a trip. I never trail ride. You need to trail ride. The horse is losing his mind. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It's our wide open road. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. If you find yourself in Cottonwood, you can't leave without passing yourself by Tuzigoot Indian Ruins. From Old Town, just head north on Main and meander until it turns into Broadway. Follow the brown and white signs, the National Monument. It was built between 1100 and 1450 A.D., two stories, 110 rooms. The word Tuzigoot is Apache for crooked water and was designated as a National Monument in 1939 by FDR. It's an incredible place. It was one of the uh, vacation points that Amanda and I stopped at on our honeymoon, and we need to bring the kids back there. It's just an incredible step back in time. Now, wrapping up our Arizona hour, we've been talking cowboys, and you can't have talk cowboys without a little comedy and a little satire. Ned, read those instructions again. All righty. We go east through the desert... Until we come to the singing bush. Mount up! It means get on your horses. Arizona moon, keep shining. When you send somebody out on a trail ride, what kind of directions do they have when they're going off on their adventure? (laughs) A lot of just, yeah, we do. Um, Great horses that'll stay kind of nose to tail. But you still have to be able to pull back, slow down. You have to be able to go to the left. You have to be able to go to the right. Um, most people have the technique that they can do it. You have to just sit up straight and keep your legs off. And that's it. The horses. Most of the horses that we use for anybody who's not seriously thinking about riding are the same horses that I could pack bodies on and, and, and not have a problem. It's fun. They get to see a lot of country. And then most of the times when somebody comes out and takes a trail ride and they realize, you know, that wasn't fun. How do you have fun? Well, come back. We give lessons. I'll give you a first lesson. Half of it will be about horses and the safety, and the second half will be about riding. And the hook's in. All you got to do is get somebody on horseback and successfully do that two-beated one, two, one, two. You see the smile. You know, it's hard. These horses are expensive. The board's expensive. The shoe is expensive. But the smile on the face, priceless. Priceless. And how does somebody sign up for Cowboy College? Well, we have a website, www.cowboycollege.com. You can contact us through the website, info, I-N-F-O, at cowboycollege.com. 
480-471-3151. Or just uh, go to Buffalo Chip on Friday night and look for me. (laughs) I'm down with that. (laughs) I'll get those, those contacts up on Facebook as well here in the next little bit. Does Hollywood ever send you a actor to brush these guys up they've got a a bit with horse or in the next movie i have i have done uh get guys started that do the renaissance fair in california give them basic riding skills until the point where they're ready to learn how to fall off and then i don't want to teach them how to do that (laughs) uh we've done a lot of livestock production and tv stuff when it comes to commercials some movies um, the, the guys that worked for me on my TV show were also guys that uh, kept Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones upright when they're on horseback. When you, when you watch a movie like that, right out of frame, there's two, three guys on horseback just, and as soon as they cut, boom, they come over, they grab him, they grab the horse. It's pretty amazing because you can't get hurt. A $40 million movie and your star breaks a leg, you can't have it. You have to have great horses and great cowboys there helping. And they packed him into Lonesome Dove. I mean, oh. uh, Danny Glover was in it. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of all Steve Buscemi. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, Cosner, God bless him, could ride. Billy Crystal could ride. Billy Crystal team roped. But Kevin Cosner can really sit a horse and, and did a lot. with The movie Silverado, some of the riding he did in that movie was great. We just watched, uh, Rose and I watched Stay Away Joe with Elvis Presley this week. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. But yeah. watching him watching him ride, you know, and then you can see when they cut away. But it, he, he stayed on pretty well, actually. You know, there's, I can't even tell it. Yeah, I'll say it. There's, there's a promotional picture from years ago, John Wayne, he's sitting on an Appaloosa. And he's going, starting to go up this little hill and his left hand is forward. And underneath his left hand, you could see that his reins are tied in a knot. And it just, it broke my heart. <laughs> You know, Ben Johnson could ride, I mean, and he could ride a horse very well. And somebody probably just put him on a horse and said, we're going to need this picture. And it was just, he didn't notice it. But just to see that kind of, oh, my God, no. When you're talking movies and horsemanship, one of my favorites always been Josie Wales when he lays the horses down and the union riders go by and then they get up on with them mounted yep that's, that's uh, an incredible horsemanship scene standard standard military stuff is lay horses down for protection uh we have done contractually i'm not supposed to say this there's there's <laughs> guys on horseback in eight different countries right now even though you think the military does not do a lot of recon is done on horseback hmm. I've, I've worked with guys to figure out how to get on horseback with all this you know two rifles a laptop vests you know how do you do that on horseback and we've done some stuff with border patrol too so I, I'm just blessed. I'm the luckiest man. Somebody asked me how I'm doing. How do you feel? Every day's Christmas. And you said there, equestrian-related commerce in Arizona is a $2 billion industry? And that was Arizona State University and the Arizona State Horse Council about 10 years ago. And $2 billion in Arizona, $100 billion national industry. Rocco from Cowboy College, thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Cowboycollege.com when you're ready to get started on your cowboy adventure.